It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking up, they just but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got the drop, the homie Biggie has got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So out a long frown, a man harmed from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that wall Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo. Ready for the woe, and we so so. Sitting with the flow, somebody called a woe, woe. Heard the lames, and I swear they so so. Too much love for the fame just to go broke. You said that I had the rap game and the show card. No, I think I got the whole world in a rope. Yo, gotta think of damn dog, you crazy. Is he the next Jay Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know. Maybe. Welcome back to the Antic Podcast. This is your host, Chris, here. Uh, we're back. I know I took an impromptu, uh, I took an impromptu, uh, show off last week I, I i didn't i was i had plans i, I was gonna do uh, a show i was gonna actually gonna do a sh- solo because I, I didn't have a guest i didn't feel like reaching out to the guest and i do i do think at some point i'm gonna start uh throwing in some solo shows uh when i don't feel like doing um uh when i don't feel like re- i just don't feel like reaching out to guests <laughs> or having anybody on uh i i definitely do think i'm gonna do that um but um yeah, so I just took a break, and sometimes you need to do that. I, it was a lot going on, and sometimes you need to take that um, you need to take that mental break. You know, it was uh, it, I can't remember exactly what it was in the news. It, it could have been some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, it could have been other things. It could have just been like I'm just fucking tired from everything else I'm doing. Uh, but I decided I wasn't going to do um a show last week, and I just didn't fucking do it. But we're back. We are back with a show, uh, and today I am joined by someone who's not a stranger to this show. I've had her on. Uh, several times I have Leslie Mack on with me. How are you doing, Leslie? I am doing good. So happy to be here on the show. Um, per usual, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. Thank you for joining me. I know it, it's 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 trying time for everybody. It, it this is this is it, it, there. There's just a lot of shit going on, you know. Facts. And sometimes you just gotta. Some it, it it can it's actually to the point of overwhelming. Um. I've I've tried to curate sometimes the stuff we talk about on this show uh, in terms of because um, everybody knows like I, I sometimes wing it. You know, it's usually the insanity check where once a week we talk about things that happen in the news and the media and 
and in politics or you know nerddom we're gonna talk about some shit nerd of the day because oh boy um it's usually all, all over the place it's usually honestly i mean unless my guest has something in particular they want to talk about or something they've been talking about recently or if it's you know it's usually just off of what's on top of my head um but last the last few weeks have been it's been hard to ignore yeah you know it really really it's been it's been hard to ignore and it's also been like also debilitating and not being able to ignore it but also not necessarily knowing what to do which you know for me is always difficult i'm an organizer i'm an activist so my general mode when something bothers me is to be like okay let me what can i do here but it's been so much shit continually piling up and so much shit that's like you know we've we've reached this twilight zone level of um acceptance i i I hate to say it in those words but that's what it feels like that um because of the way the last you know five years has gone both in the culture and the government um on social media that we've reached this surreal place where things that just a short time ago would seem impossible are now the norm and i don't really know how to it's like i have whiplash almost you know there's this sensation of i don't know what the fuck to do really there you you hear the term a lot and it's usually used in terms of trump but i think it's i think he's just a symptom of of this um oh this is the new norm new norm new norm here new norm and it's true, and, and I'm I'm so glad you mentioned it that it wasn't just it's not just politics. We're talking across the board. Like mm-hmm. I, I I you know I know what it was last week, and it it seems so fucking silly. I, and, and I know people are gonna be like, oh, Chris, how do you let that stuff get to you? You normally don't let shit like this get to you. It was the Star Wars shit. It was it was the rant I had on on Twitter about Star Wars and these fans, quote unquote fans, and how they feel and. You hear from people all the time. We talk about movies. You're like, oh well, you know, it's just their opinion, and we can disagree and agree, not not agree on movies and things like that. And I think the reason why that is that I've never been able to really deal with that because I have people. I have I have my friends. I have people. Like uh, yesterday, uh, Deepom and I were literally disagreeing about last season of The Flash. I'm like, it wasn't that good. And he was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Like we had a a a civil dis- discussion on Twitter. Where we both were just like, yeah, we're not going to agree on this stuff. And then we were just finding like, hey, but what about that Flash comic, though? You know, it's like we had a, like, so it's, it's, I, I realized it's not that I can't deal with people not liking what I like or I like something they don't like or something. It's not that. It's the right. logic behind it yeah. that I think. For the record, is wrong. I just want to be clear about that as well. Just <laughs> Yo, he is wrong on this one. Sure. Just, yeah, it's like, yeah, I know you listen yeah, to yeah, You're yeah. definitely wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. But um, it's it's. It, to me, it's, it's the logic behind it, right? And and I feel like when it comes, and Star Wars is just again another example of this. It's what's behind it, and even to people who think that they that it's not this. I'm like, no, no. When you really break down what it is, is it, you don't like change. You don't like the fact that it's women and black and brown people getting more diversity, and this is even coming from people that are black and brown themselves. This is what all it is, because when you really break down what your problems are you should have those same fucking problems with the original movies but you don't and you can't see 
how they're literally the same thing and how the, the stuff you claim to love so much has even more problems, but you, you don't give a fuck about that. But somehow right now, this is such a hill for you to die on. You have to go out of your way to say how much you didn't like that stuff. And it makes me go. And, and again, to me, it's because it's all related. It's just like, well, it's like what happened with Obama and then Trump. Like, oh yeah, look, there are legit complaints and legit issues of Barack Obama being president. Absolutely. You know, we're talking about, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's happening with immigration and these kids and things like that. Like, you know, Barack Obama, you know, under Obama, they deported, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. They were, I mean, there was a lot of funds poured into that. There was a lot of stuff behind there. It's not all, you know, hope and change and it wasn't all good. Like, we can admit that. But there is a stark difference between that presidency and the ones that he has been sandwiched in between in terms of Bush and Trump. Like, just off of empathy alone, <laughs> you know, it's a stark contrast. Empathy? What is that? I don't think that... Right. That, didn't they see that from the dictionary recently, I, I heard? Yeah, apparently that's no longer a word anymore. Empathy is something that doesn't exist. It's, a, it's, 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 it's all a lie. It's all a fantasy. And... And and it, it it's something that you know we've we we pointed out before that when something's a woman or something something involves a woman or something involves a a person of color, the standards all of a sudden become higher, and everybody has an opinion and everybody has to voice that opinion and everybody needs to say something, but then once that person is no longer there or they failed or they've gone away. The, the next white man that comes in, those same that same intensity isn't there anymore. And Definitely it's, not. It's, it's, it's been bothering me because it's something that is at the core. It's behind Trump, but it's behind everything we were doing. You know, uh, last night we, um, if you're a premium member, you're going to be getting this soon. We did a, um, we did a, we went back and watched the original uh, Jurassic Park, which to me is why I can't, enjoy any of the newer movies because Jurassic Park just listen to that episode and you, you'll, you'll hear why I, I love that movie so much but you know one of the things that we pointed out was you know one of the producers behind that movie Kathleen Kennedy the woman that the anti-Star Wars crowd right now the anti-SAW Star Wars crowd is trying to get fired and wants to leave away they're literally if you go and look at what Kathleen Kennedy's name is beside as a producer You'll realize how absolutely asinine it is for people, for these, for mostly men, to suggest this woman has no idea how to make a movie. If you, any, almost any of those fun-loving kids movies you loved in the 80s, Kathleen Kennedy probably had a hand in it. Hello. E.T., Kathleen Kennedy. Back to the Future, Kathleen Kennedy. She's a producer on all that shit. There's a woman, the story behind her is basically she was a secretary, got fired as a secretary for Spielberg, and Spielberg was basically like, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're destined for more greatness. Uh, you're just going to work for me now. You're just going to do, you're going to do film stuff. You're like, this is, this is, you, you, this, 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 this work here is not what you need to be working on. And she's literally worked with names like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, handpicked by George Lucas to run Lucasfilm, Right. And so to see people all of a sudden act like they don't know who the fuck she is, it just kind of goes back to even in politics. It's like, what are you guys doing? You, how are you? Yeah, it, it, it's, 
thing too is like it's selective right in terms of like so what selective. memory is which is always a concern but there's this other weird thing and this goes across the board for everything where this notion of this two sides thing has gotten to the point that not only do we have to continually acknowledge the two sides right we also have to somehow equate whatever's on either side of the two sides as equally important equally um you know problematic right so when you talk about if there was something to say about whoever the dems whatever and yeah you know anybody who's heard me i'm not i don't even consider myself a democrat but whatever you know th this happened during the the last election where it was like cool we, fair and balanced turned into all this horrible shit that tupe fiasco had going on and emails and because there's a two sides like presentation of it through media it's like, oh, well, those things are equally as bad as each other because you're saying there's two sides and this is all you have on this side and this is all the shit you have on this side. And so they're the same. And so we see this in these pop culture debates the same way mm -hmm. where somebody will be like, oh, you know, whoever it is, I'm sure we'll get into uh, the Nerdist and, and all of that soon. Right. But, you know, all of that stuff starts to just make, like I said, the whiplash of it the the ideas that are, are presented not just as facts but also just like how we weight facts now are has turned into this weird thing too I, I literally came out on twitter last week and said that i have not and i know there are gonna be some people who listen to this and disagree with this and that's fine you're wrong and i'm I've, I've gotten to the point where now i'm just telling people you're wrong like your opinion is wrong and i know people say all the time oh you can't tell people their opinions are wrong yeah you can when they form those opinions using faulty information like the, the greatest lie ever told in the last decade has been that all opinions matter and that all opinions need to be heard and all opinions need to be weighed equally that is a fucking lie case in point Kyrie irving thinking that the earth isn't flat and we need to he needs to he needs to hear the facts no that motherfucker's wrong he is factually incorrect. But I said, I was like, yo, I do not believe there is any legitimate critique or reason to say The Last Jedi was a bad movie. No. There, there is not. You because can say it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. You can, say, you can say lots of things, but to call it a bad movie, when I don't see you saying that same shit about Deadpool 2, somebody's going to have to tell me what the fuck is happening right now because, uh... You can say you don't I, like it. I want to understand. Like, the, there, there is that notion of that, too. Two things. One is, like, if I don't like it, then it's shit. And if I like it, it's wonderful. The You're liking or not liking some, but something is not a matter of anything's good or badness. Like, that's not how it works. I tell people all the time, uh, I do not like Logan. I think it's a terrible X-Men film. It's a good movie. It is quantitatively. I cannot tell you Logan is not a good movie. I can tell you it is not the X-Men film I wanted. It is not an X-Men film. And I did not like it. But I am not going to sit here and try to t argue with people that it is not a good film. It is technically, by the technical definition, a good It is an excellent film, if we're going to be perfectly honest, for what it is. It's not what I wanted, but I can't sit there and tell you it's a bad film. When I hear people sit there and go, oh, we yeah, had The Last Jedi, it's just so terrible, you know, but I love those original films. I'm like, you're probably, how old were you when you watched the original films? 11? Yo, 11 year olds don't know what the fuck is good. You were stupid back then. I'm sorry, but you were a stupid kid. I know because I, was, I used to be 11. You, 
the experience you had. And like right. this expectation of having the same experience that you had at 10, 11, 12, 16, that you're going to have as a 35, 40 year old. It's ridiculous. I don't even understand. Like, look, we can admit we like things for nostalgia's sake. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite movies is The Goonies. I honest to God, it's one of my favorite movies. Had you on for that. Anytime it's on, I watch it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, we did the reminiscing with Chris episode of that of that movie. But I'm not gonna be out here and be like, oh my god, it's a cinematic masterpiece because my love for it is so great. That's not how this shit works, people. No, it's not. And and it's not. And 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 to bring this into the whole thing, it's like people wonder, it's like, oh, why do you, why do you care? And I'm like, because. Until you get down to the real reasons of why you didn't like something and understand that, okay, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I outgrew this. Hey, it happens all the time. You outgrow a genre. You outgrow a franchise. Until you understand that it's, it's your own personal thing here. Um, But you're, until you do that, you start finding out that you're feeding a culture that is super toxic. And it's not that far. Like... I'm telling you right now, if you go on YouTube and you find somebody who agrees with you that The Last Jedi is not a good movie, go through enough of their videos and you'll find out, oh my God, this person's kind of a Nazi. Mm-mm. And at that point, you got to start sitting down wondering what maybe I need to like, do I need to change my position? Maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture here. I'm going off of how I feel because that's, um, one of the things that another reason why I've kind of fallen back from doing a lot of things on, on YouTube, YouTube is such an emotional, um, investment mm-hmm. because that's all YouTube is. They, they traffic in views, which are based off of engagement, which are based off of emotion. And, and so that's what, you know, n- there is almost no video out there on star Wars. It's particularly if they're made by a white male Hello. that are, that are not, entirely toxic fanboy whining and then you start seeing the like i said i I, as somebody who's like there's there's a direct line from them to the comics gate people to then you start getting into maga hats and 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 alt-right and all it's not that far of a leap guys like i was just seeing something um uh i think something that popped up on 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 facebook it was basically like this cosplayer that was running let me see if i can find this uh where where gets it because I had it open it was like a cosplayer that had been running like Canada's um uh longest running uh neo-nazi site wow yeah I'm not surprised but wow in the like you know yeah here we go here we go yeah this man who ran Canada's biggest neo-nazi podcast Vice revealed a cosplayer named Clayton Sanford was behind a neo-Nazi recruitment tool. That's all this is. This, this is all this stuff from Gamergate, Comicsgate, the anti-Star Wars movement, all this stuff. It's it the the the, the nice guy nerd movement, which is going to be the next big thing, and we're going to get into Chris Hardwick in a minute. Like all that stuff is basically a recruitment tool for MRAs, incels, uh, alt right, and all this other stuff. And I'm telling you right now, if you are a person of color and you're running in that crowd even like loosely might want to check yourself might want to check yourself the Snyder hive might want to check yourself people wonder why I go on so hard on these people I'm like you're you're flirting with people 
who are misogynistic. And that's like their best quality. Yeah, you're not just flirting with them because what you do is you you give, you know, validity to their arguments tacitly by even associating with them. And this is the shit that I'm always like, you know, I'll be getting these arguments all the time, you know, because a black person will say something like, you know, if you still have room in your life for racist and sexist and homophobes and transphobic folks and all of these anti, you know, and, and nationalists, if you're making room for them in your life, then you don't need me in yours. Right. And there's subsequent responses to that, especially from white people. And even some black folks has been, well, these people did X, Y, Z for me. And so I can't cut them off. Or there's always this like application of individualism that I think is at the root of almost all of these issues that this country has always had and continues to have. But the social parts of it is really this, this uh, warping of individuality to the point that it allows you to pretty much explain away any behavior whatsoever, because you personally can have some reasoning behind why it's okay for this person to have done that or for them to continue to have access to you and the people that you're around this, this, I did this, you know, it's so funny because to me, it's like, you know, uh, so many of these conservatives and racists and everybody they talk, you know, use that bud word of identity politics. Everything they do is identity politics. Identity politics yeah. taken to, 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 to such an extreme that it, it mirror, it masks itself and makes it just look like individuality. But ultimately, it really is just identity politics. Yeah, you identify just yourself a, as a nerd. You're right, just, you know, yeah. yeah, all of it. You identify yourself as a nerd. You identify yourself as a Snyder fan. You identify yourself as all this stuff, and you've turned that into being just as like we're we're again we're, we're leading up to the because I was actually I wasn't going to cover the the the, the Chris Hardwick stuff in a lot because I was going to do a, we were going to do a, a hell no Cupid earlier this morning we had to delay it we're doing it tomorrow morning instead so we'll get into the Chris Hardwick stuff but it's like nerd is become for 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 male nerds. It, it's almost like they've turned this into a race that's a, a, a protected group that needs to be protected by laws and, and is as persecuted as women, as persecuted as black people, black women, things like that, as trans women and trans men and things like that. And I'm like, no, you guys aren't. You guys are just, you're, you're just a group of assholes who like, who likes who like some movies, who like comic books. You're not special. The hashtag nerd lives matter. I'm t- telling you um if they, it probably already is a sure oh, yeah, yeah, already it probably does. It, it, that's really like their temperament of things like oh they're they're under attack from mm-hmm. who yeah yeah you, you're under attack from the women who are fed up with your bullshit to you like legitimately otherwise the rest of us would be quiet right now yeah it, it, it it's it's you're under attack from what like you said you're, because you know other people saw through your bullshit and realized they didn't want to deal with you, so they just didn't identify as a nerd, even though they were liking and doing the same things you did. You weren't the only motherfuckers who were watching Dragon Ball Z and anime. You weren't the only motherfuckers who were reading comic books. You weren't the only people that that watched Star Wars. Like the amount of people that sit there and literally tell me, "Oh, you've never watched Star Wars." I'm like, motherfucker, are you serious? Like I have, or oh, you don't read comic. I love that that whenever I get into comic gate, people like, "Oh, you don't read comic books." I'm like, motherfucker, I have a podcast. That does nothing but talk about comic book characters and comic books. I read more comic books in a week. Even old, not even the new stuff, the old stuff that most people mm. read the entire year. What are you talking about? I don't read comic. Like what? Seriously, right here? Like, you know, like you know, I I think I, I, I might have to put comicsology on my next akin because I put so much money into them. You know, it's just like 
what are you, what are you, what are you talking about here? But that's the, the default thing, right? They should go around to the Comic Cons and telling um, women, oh, you're not a real nerd, you know, because you're hot. And so obviously you don't read comic books. You know, it's, and, and again, this is a taught behavior. You know, we were taught, you know, nice guys finish last and all this other shit. That's just what guys are taught. And it's sad that the one, they're still being taught this. And, and, and they're not learning and they're not growing and you're dealing with this. So, um, for those who don't know, um, it, it, it kind of, I think it broke yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. Um, uh, cause I was walking on my timeline. Yeah. I woke up this, I woke up that morning and saw somebody say something about Chris Hardwick. I typed it into Twitter. I typed it into Google. Sometimes when I, I don't feel like trying to search for the original tweets and find out what happened, I just type it into Google to see what happened, put the person's name in and see. It was like, did he die? Did he, did he, did he go back on drugs and, and, and alcohol? Was he found on drug and stupor? Like what happened? Like, and for those who don't know who Chris Hardwick is, this is the, um, he was, ho- is he, I think he's still hosting AMC's talking dead. And some other talk show stuff. He had he had um, midnight. All of their after shows, yeah. yeah. After oh. um, uh, Breaking Bad, he used to do, uh, and also now after Better Call Saul. Yeah, I thought he did Preacher um, too. Did he do Preacher? He I, can't, I can't remember. I think he, yeah, I think they did a Preacher show too. I think right. any of those, and he did have his. Was it called After Dark? Yeah, also on AMC. Yeah, he had and that. Like, um, for, other people might know him as you know. He to me, he was the nerdist. I didn't know his contract ended last year. And they had slowly started removing him from the website, which tells me that, the he, huh? Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought it was just him. I thought he, because that used to be his handle, the Nerdist. Yeah, he was um, the Nerdist. Like yeah. that was Chris Hardwick. You think the Nerdist? You think Chris Hardwick, right? Uh, this is a guy I've seen him several times at. Um, uh, uh, there was um, Comic Con. He's always in Hall H. He's always um, like before the shit dropped yesterday. They announced that uh, he. The uh, Doctor Who panel is going to be out there with, I think, the 13th Doctor, and they're finally having a, a female Doctor uh, this year. And uh, he was going to host that. He was going to be, ho- and he still is, as far as I know, hosting that um, that panel. And even then, it was just like, guys, maybe you should have gotten a woman to host that because, you know, being a you little know. Bit- right. You're just like, you know, it's a layup, guys. You could have just, you could have, you got a guy. Now you're you, now you really stepped in the because then after that, he had this shit drop with, with Chris Hardwick. Um, and um, but yeah, he was always in a hall H. He'd be the one there leading us up for for the stuff dropping a hall H. Like this is a guy who was known. This is a guy who literally became he was a, he was a comedian. This is the guy who built a million dollar like brand and the multi million dollar brand in the Nerdist, which honestly, in, in some ways, yes, it's a it's a media outlet, but it also was a huge podcast thing. Like this was a guy who. Where I didn't really listen to the Nerdist, and I never watched any of the Talking Dead stuff, but it was like that—that's the guy that when you if you get into podcasting, you know, you're kind of like I kind of want to you know reach that Nerdist level, that Chris Hardwick level, right? Um, so is X. Excuse me, Chloe Dykstra. And I, I get I, back one more second. Is that the other thing that he? I'm old, right? So I could just say this. He also hosted Single Dot on MTV. That that's where I know him from initially. He was Jenny Gar- Jenny um, McCartney's co-host on that horrible dating show, Single Dot on MTV. That's where I first encountered this douchebag. So I I just put that out there in terms of because I think it's important to look at the context because a lot of his nerd, you know, cred is fallacy and smoke and mirrors because when he started out, that wasn't the persona or the 
the the projection that he put out there. He also was an heir to the Hearst um, uh, media fortune. So mm-hmm. I'll just just two more just little in informational yeah. data points about this right. gentleman. So the, 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 and it's going to tie in something else. I'm going to say when we go into the whole thing with, with hair is like it, it's one of the things that have made me realize it's like anytime somebody tells you they're self they're self made and they got here you know from nothing. Particularly when they're a white man, don't believe that shit. There's usually a lot of money behind them or a lot of access that that, that the rest of us don't get. That 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 led them to this point, but then also leads you to go, you guys get all this stuff and then you still fuck it up, so spectacularly bad. So um, this ex Chloe Dykstra, and again I don't follow the lives of most of these white people, so I don't know. I didn't know they were dating. I didn't know who Chloe was. I just I I didn't care to know. But um. She had wrote she she wrote this this article on Medium and I believe she did it she it was unlisted so this so this is another way to say that this isn't somebody who was doing this for attention she wrote this an unlisted Medium post that basically lists through um and I'm did she even name Chris in this she did not name him specifically in yeah it. she did not so just referred to her a re, her recent ex or right so. Yeah. She lists, she goes through this long post um, that basically details abuse, sexual assault, you know, uh, verbal abuse and all this stuff. And people put two and two together and realize she's talking about Chris Hardwick. But again, she, I, I, I have to say that and I, I'm so mad I had to do this. This was unlisted and she never names Chris Hardwick. And and, and that's important because I, and I, I hate that I have to put those caveats in there because you know so many people will sit there and I know I've already said this she's doing it for attention she's doing to drag a good man down and all this other stuff it's like unlisted didn't name him just so happens that he's such a horrible guy and apparently people knew about this and they were ready to put it together and goes oh yeah I know exactly what he's talking about because I've seen some of this stuff happen um I'm not going to read the whole thing um, she basically goes through, uh, just how, uh, so here's his part. She says, I watched and support him as he grew from a mildly successful podcaster to a powerhouse CEO of his own company. He was, he was obsessed with celebrity being famous, famous people. He didn't spend any time with the people he considered friends and only really made time for industry people. He had considered worth it. I myself had very little personal support as I had been alienated from my own friends. Other than an occasional party, I was obligated to leave early when he decided it was time. Sometimes he let me go play D&D, but I always had a curfew. He would yell in my voicemails at me if I didn't answer his calls. I was expected to follow him everywhere, exist pretty much solely for him, saving for hosting jobs once in a while. When the cameras were on, he was a prince. Turn him off, he was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think she even says at one point, I can't remember where it was. Um, our first convention together at San Diego Comic-Con, he instructed me not to leave the hotel room. He went to parties by himself, got a famous actress's number with attention, intention on dating her at the same time as me, found out a month later and couldn't bring myself to say anything because by this time, my self-worth was in the toilet. I was quickly pressured to take an on-camera job at this company. I didn't want, nor I do not like the work for my, uh, I do not like to work for my significant others because he insinuated I would be ungrateful to not accept it. Scared to upset him, I accepted the job, but I refused payment for my work, feeling uncomfortable with the whole thing. Though the lovely folks at his company eventually forced me to take a, a check. By this time, like I said, I was terrified to piss him off, so I did exactly what he said. Including letting him sexually assault me regularly. I was like to be ready for him when he came home from work. 
it's it's it it is it is absolutely it it, it is absolutely disgusting I'll leave you with this. I lost my period for a year because of anorexia. Somehow I got pregnant. Um, I was told I would have surgery immediately because of what's the ecopic uh, pregnancies are often dangerous, dangerous and can often be fatal. When I found out, I collapsed on the floor, terrified he would be furious with me. Between sobs, I told him on the phone, please don't be mad. Don't worry. I have to have surgery to have it removed or it will kill me. My fear of his anger at me for getting pregnant was literally greater than my fear of death. Let me add here. I'll never forget the night this man slept in a cot at the foot of my hospital bed after my surgery. Maybe believe that deep down inside of him, maybe there was a man who loved me. Then after my surgery, my then then after my recovery, he and my mother were greeted by greeted by the doctor. Surgery went well, see, so so be fine, said my doctor. Thank God, my mother said. That's great. When do you think I can have sex with her again? said my ex. It was his first question. My mother mm-hmm. never forgot. He said that shit in front of her mother. Listen, just the audacity to even say anything about sex in front of somebody's mama alone is just like, wow. But in the context of this, it's like, oh, so that's what you stayed for to ask that question? Cool. Um, I know there have been several people that have had races. I know Nita had interactions with, with Chris Hardwick. I think it was like a couple years ago. Um, yep. there, were, there, were, there were, when this came out, there were other people that have worked for the nerds who came out and basically said, Oh no, he's racist, and this is all true. I, I, I'm glad my racist former boss is getting is getting is getting called out on his behavior. Um, the Nerdist itself, they removed him as even as the founder on their website, which mm-hmm. is significant because again, when you think the nerd, I, I had no idea he was not working with them still. Because when I think yeah. the Nerdist, I think Chris Hardwick. I thought he owned them. I'm gonna be honest. I thought because because like I said, his handle used to just be the Nerdist. The, it would, didn't even say Chris nothing. I mean, it said like Chris Hardwick, but then the at was the Nerdist, and I just thought that was him, and he had built out the rest of this thing. So Same here. yeah, that that is significant. Same here, which makes me believe believe that the company knew, which mm-hmm. is why his contract was up in the end of December, and it quietly went away. They moved too quickly. I'm sorry. I'm I'm glad they moved quickly. Um, mm-hmm. and they put out a statement, but it's like, it made me feel like they, they all knew that he was toxic mm-hmm. and had to go. Um, well, I think that's one of the things that, you know, the me too movement or, or whatever, however you want to phrase that has definitely taught us is that these whisper networks of, uh, illicit behavior have, have, you know, they've been there. People have known, people have understood, people have been talking about it behind closed doors. So it's not new information. It's newly public information, right? Which is not the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it, it's... So, I'm, I'm going to say this again. This is a safe space. I just found out that I'm canceling my CBBC after this, so I, uh, <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can get comfortable now. Um, I'm going to say something that... Th- this is a horrifying thing. And uh, Chris Hardwick did everything he believes he, he, he like that he, that he deserves for this. And and unfortunately, I believe that I still have not seen any man do anything like this. And, and it truly adversely affect their career. Unless charges are brought against them. And even then, still probably not. 
Like I'm like as far as I know, San Diego Comic Con has not removed him as the host of the um Doctor Who panel and he's still gonna be there. Maybe he'll bow out because he just knows his better PR. But I don't believe this will be the end of Chris Harwick for the for a second. Um No, because we've already just you know, be like I said, when I say things have gotten surreal, it's turned into this weird thing of now his, the accusations against him will will actually give him purchase in specific circles. And so it kind of turns into like now he gets to flip this, become the victim, you know, do write a book about his, you know, fall from grace and then go on the comeback tour. Like it, it, it's like this weird thing that because of this now, there'll be this additional segment of not, ne- not even just popularity, but access that he'll get because of the accusations. It's, it's really a mind fuck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, um, so, so the, the thought I was I, I had had was because um, the doctor asked me this because I I was like oh wow I mean it's it's interesting not interesting it's it's kind of weird seeing all these people that you know in an industry where because it's not just this I mean this is de- dealing with like the horrible nature of a man taking advantage of a woman and things like that but also. I think about what happened with Universal FanCon. I'm looking at all the stuff, and I'm going, "It's it's weird seeing all these people that I thought were doing so much better than us and getting all this access, and then seeing that they were all just horrible people, and that's how they were getting the access." And, and the doctor okay. asked me, "It's like, how does that? You know, is that is that? You know, I can't remember that question to me, but but my response was basically like, "It's it's weird to say this, but it, I'm almost relieved because mm. it's like." Fino and I have had conversations like this all the time. We're looking at things and we're trying to get access. And I've always been looking at things that we don't get. And I'm like, we're always talking about how can we do it? And we've always come to the, con- we, we always have the conversation every com- every convention we've ever been to, particularly when we go to New York. Cause New York is usually after San Diego is always after San Diego. And it's usually just me and him. So we're usually sitting in a room somewhere. Me and him are talking about all the stuff we've gotten. And that sometimes the access we don't get and things we couldn't get. And we see what some other people do get. And we're just like, and we always come to the same conclusion. We're like, yeah, but we're not going to do we're not going to get the access the way they get it cuz we don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable being that person. So I'm not yep. going to feel comfortable I can say this now because it's like they've completely destroyed their brand. Um the way Jamie was getting access was literally to attack people. Sometimes rightly you know who needed to be checked, but was literally to attack them until she got the access and they got on her good side, basically being a gatekeeper. Well, if you yep. don't want me to stick my attack dogs on you, you need to give me access and then I will be a little bit more on your side, which to me mm-hmm. is bullshit. You know, I love the flash, but I'm sitting there. I'm going to say, hey, yo, this flash season wasn't that good. And I'm going to still try to get access to the flash pressure. Room. It's like I'm not going to color my my reviews and my feelings on this shit just because I'm getting access. So I'm not I'm not going to do that. And then we look in from the Chris Hardwick's point of view inside of this as a man i'm not going to be a disgusting human being to other people right. and step on their necks i can't do that like that is like that's the cost of success to get to where like no no thank you i don't want that like i don't want to get to the point where i build an entire network but people who work for me think i am a I, have, I am a terrible person with when I'm around them that 
you know, particularly because he used to, apparently he used to blame it on drugs and alcohol. No, you he know, must have been an right. <laughs> I'm so terrible. It, it's yeah, it, it is definitely like the whole thing is just. Especially because here's the thing: the very last paragraph of of the the medium piece was not even the last paragraph. The the um, but the postscript was really like I would appreciate a a sincere apology for your actions. So to me, it's like okay, so he hasn't even done that. So it wasn't drugs and alcohol because I'm I'm gonna tell you this: you know when you when you go have drugs and alcohol, and you take them twelve steps and you make an amends out here, and you got to do all of those things. Like this wouldn't be. That wouldn't be something somebody would write about you. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. So, so to me, it's just like, okay, we're just gonna try and do anything, say anything, whatever. I, you know, the whole thing is just disgusting. And, you know, I usually, you know, how people are always like, oh, you know, I hate it. I hate to be right. Usually, I am like that. Usually, I'm like, man, it sucks that I'm right. Not in this case, though, because you know, over the years, and I've been on the I hate Chris Hardwick uh, train for a long time, because you know, he would have his little snide remarks, like when Donald Glover came out and you know was petitioning to be the next Spider-Man. He has some he's some little slick shit to say about that. He has some slick shit to say about Idris talking about being Bond. He he's had slick shit to say about a lot of things like that. And he does that shit on his show as well. All of them shows he's on. I don't like the way he treats black women in particular when he when they're on his show. I don't like how he talks to people online. You know, it's clear to me that he's very entitled. And when you see entitlement and power pushed together, you get somebody like him that's been allowed entree into spaces to play the role of the good guy when in reality they are the farthest thing from it. And so this speaks to the stuff that you're talking about. This, you know, I've had a lot of people like over the course of my activism organizing career say like why well, could be bigger if i did xyz right i could i could do more if i did this 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 the things that they say i have to do though are not things i'm willing to do now other people are definitely willing to do them just i'm personally not willing to do them and so you know part of this is is just a a question of what your i don't even like to call it a moral compass but really what is your purpose Because ultimately, that's what you have to ask yourself. Like when you wake up in the morning, is my goal to be, you know, famous? Not really. Is my goal to, um, you know, what what are your goals? And when you can distill things down that it makes it clear what you're where you go and what you do. So when you say things like that, Chris, we're like, well, I wasn't willing to do those things because that was not your goal. Your goal wasn't fame and, you know, whatever. Your goal was to elevate voices and to and to elevate your own and to speak truth to the things that matter to you and to create space for other people to do the same. But, you know, when that's not really your goal, then you don't give a shit about that stuff. Well, yeah, you'll do it. Right. And, 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 and that's something that it's. It is a relief to see that, oh, that's what other people were doing. That's how you got there. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm not. Like, oh, no, no so I, I am fine. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get that. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to basically sell my soul because because here's the other thing too it's always temporary it, it's so particularly in, in in this day and age that the 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 reward on being a shitty person ain't a lot <laughs> right you're 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 coming up against a lot of people who are basically going oh no 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 fuck that you know now you know whether it's me too whether it's just finding out that you don't give a fuck about the people you work with. Like, um, I, I, I can't imagine where the MTR network would be 
if I because it, it was another one that came out again, not as serious as the Chris Hardwick thing, but you find out that the you know they they were saying that the the showrunners for uh, Star Trek Discovery got 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 replaced. And at first I'm like, oh wow, what happened to Star Trek Discovery? I love that show. What, what the fuck went on? Then it came out that apparently these two assholes were abusive to the writers' room, screaming at the writers and doing all this stuff for stuff. And I'm like, first of all, the entitlement to think you can do that. Mm. Because, I, and again, this is my privilege uh, in, in the situation I've worked at. Motherfucker, don't raise your fucking voice to me at work. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> listen, we about to have a fucking problem. We've, we, I've had that problem my last year. I was basically like, oh, we really going to do this? You're going to really try to do this? Oh, no, motherfucker. We're not. We're not. We are not having. We will be sitting in, in the HR, and I'm going to tell HR, I don't give a fuck, and I'll just change the job. We're not doing this. But I've had that privilege, right? When you're, when you're in a writing room, and this is like, you know, it, basically the opportunity of a lifetime and you feel like you have to take that abuse and then the people in power think they can do it because basically like at one point i think one of the one of the one of the one of the, the 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 showrunners basically like told them when it was getting leaked out that it was going to that people were going to think about going to hr don't you dare go to hr motherfucker listen have you lost your goddamn but apparently this is a, this is a regular thing and then i look back mm-hmm. to how am I like one? I have volunteers. I don't have any workers. The, the people I think closest workers for me, I think, would be D. Palm Shannon and the doctor, right? Um, but for the most part, it's all, everybody's a volunteer. Like I've had people come up. Like I said, I just canceled. We're, we're doing uh, Uncanny X Force. The second part, Uncanny X Force, and some people had to drop out. It's like life things had to come on. I'm like uh, one person in the in the ER and other persons doing something. I'm like, hey, hey, guys, we'll postpone. Like this is not. Like, I'm fine with postpone. I don't want anybody dying over anything we're trying to do here get your life together we'll always be here we'll we'll work that shit out um but beyond that like we're in the middle of, of preparing for san diego comic-con and i'm i'm looking at the people that i've surrounded myself with that do the work and one of the i'm gonna call out you know i'm gonna put her on the spot shanna mm-hmm. i don't think people understand how much Shanna does for this network. Um, because, you know, I think when people think MTR network and they think me and people that help me out, I think they think Deepom because, you know, me and Deepom, we spend so much time talking to each other and we do so many shows together. But, you know, Shanna does uh, so many shows with, with the doctor, but beyond that, just things she does in the background. Like, I, I, I know that I could not get, in any accomplishments we get with the MTR network, and I'm saying this on air right now with no contract signed or anything like that. And you will always be able to go back to this episode and pull this out. But I know that the MTR network right now would not be where it's at right now without the work of Shanna. The stuff she does is just invaluable. Like, uh, perfect example, um, we got an email about something. Starting to get emails, press emails for things for San Diego Comic-Con. So we got an email about something. And um, I got it. I, I immediately, first person I talked to is Phenom because... Uh, I didn't even know Shannon had gotten this email or not. So I text Fiona. I'm going to say, hey, did you, did you get this email? Because I'm thinking about responding to it. He's like, yeah, I just got it. I was going to talk to you about responding to it. So we talked a little bit about how we might respond and how we're going to go back in. And then I was like, all right, cool. Well, let me go ahead and put it on our Trello board. And I'll see if Shannon got it too. And we'll talk. By the time we did all that shit, Shannon had already gotten the email, already responded, had a great, had an email that was better than anything me and, me and Fiona put together. She already put it out there. And and, and then and then BCC, both of us on it and already done it. And I'm like, and, and it, like, I'm literally texting me back going, oh, yeah, Shannon already found it. She already take, took care of it. I'm like, well, goddamn. I, like, I, I don't, like, 
I think she had a taken that 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 joke about becoming the, becoming the chief, the editor in chief of MTR Network very very seriously because very like cute. she yeah she I mean but like that's what she does like I don't think that people understand how much work she puts in behind the scenes and in emailing people and trying to get access and, and and making recommendations that I'm trying to do a better job of of that's why we have our board now so that when she when she makes instead of just saying saying them to me we can put them on the board I can see them and remind myself of them because of all the work she does there. It's like, I can't see, I could not see myself yelling at Shanna. <laughs> one, cause she probably cut me. All right. That's, that's number one. But <laughs> two, I just couldn't like, that's not how you talk to a person. And particularly to yeah. a person who is helping you. Mm-hmm. And, and I just don't under, like, and I'm like, if that's what you're doing, if you're not finding some way of like uh, I, I've said it before, like this is I think her third year covering San Diego Comic Con for us this year because all the work she's done, I'm like, oh yeah, this year you don't have to worry about you know paying you know your portion for our, our our lodging. Like I'm gonna take care of that for you this year because you deserve that. You've 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 done so much for me, and I can't pay you a salary. That's the very least I can fucking do. And then I go and see what other people are doing with other people, and I'm like. Are you, we're, I'm not even giving you the bare minimum. We're bringing in this money, but I'm not giving you anything for travel. I'm not giving you anything to buy anything with. And I'm just like, that's how you're treating the people that, that do this work for you, basically for free? And that's how, you, that's how you're getting ahead. That's how you're getting access of making yourself the sole, the, the sole center of attention there. Like, I, I don't want that. And, and seeing that this is what other people have done to get where they're at, because it's never... The I pulled myself up on my bootstraps. It, it bootstraps is more. I stepped on the shoulders and necks of people that helped me, and then didn't help them up with me. It's almost every single story that you hear is tied back to that, right? You know, here's Chris Hardwick. Literally, when when you break it down, and you read the whole thing. You find out that he had gotten out of a, another relationship and hooked and got with with Chloe, and basically he treated her like dirt. Mm-hmm. As a way to recover from his previous relationship, yeah, and it's a, so it meant being the most terrible fucking person in life and taking it out on her to the point that she's a, she's thinking about committing suicide and thinking that calling him and 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 having life saving surgery was 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 more difficult than dying. Yeah, I was gonna make him that mad. How? But and it goes back to what we were saying before. It's a lack of empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Empathy no longer exists because now it's about getting influence. It's it's it's, it's all tied together. It's why I, I I have been speaking this so loudly about you know the Star Wars stuff, the the Snyder stuff. It's like it's all related. The comic stuff. It's like because what those people are doing is you they, they like if you think what happened with, with, with Facebook was bad, wait until you see what's really going on with YouTube. Mm. YouTube is a cesspool because they they like Facebook. The, the the your views and and your way of generating money is literally tied to your influence and being the influencer market, which is when the influencer market crashes, that's gonna be something that's gonna be the new dot com bubble because people are literally trading off of the attention they can get, which is why so many people are being horrible on camera and are documenting are literally documenting themselves being terrible people. Because they're getting paid right now. Yep. When that money stops coming in, 
And those people have to live with the fact that they did all, they literally did all that stuff. They document themselves being terrible people. What's going to happen then? What's going to happen then? It's true. I've seen this in, you know, not in the exact same way, but in organizer spaces where, you know, wearing your pain and that being the lead becomes kind of the only that that's the only way that you can get attention. And it's really toxic for the work um, because what you're continually doing is putting yourself in harm's way because that's that'll get you the clicks. That'll get you the attention. That'll get you um, the exposure that you need to continue to do whatever. It's 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 a really like uh, to me it's like playing chicken because you never know when the next time you put yourself in harm's way it's going to be the last time you can. And it's it is this same notion of this you know that negative attention is just as lucrative as positive attention sometimes even more so yes no it is negative attention is way more lucrative it, it, it just is people go on youtube to find negative reviews of, of, of movies not positive ones this is that's just the truth that's just the truth it, it just is um and and that can't be one that can't be sustained mm-hmm and it can't be it can't be good for anybody involved. And this goes again. I know people will be like, "Oh, you're just talking about no." It's all connected. It all it all is. It's like you know, look at, again. Look at the Chris Hardwick situation. This is something that happened in real life. And in real life, he was cared more about the fame and meeting famous people. And there are so many people that are like that. And then once that access is cut off, you're going to be like, "What are you going to do then?" Yeah. You're not genuine. What like, happened? We we made a commitment here at the MTR Network that our whole thing was always be genuine. If I don't like something, I'm gonna say I don't like it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shovel shit to you. If I like something, and I know that people don't. That's my real. Like, there's plenty of times I liked a movie. Here, think. I still like that Baywatch movie. I thought it was fucking hilarious. The Rock and and, and Zac Efron together was fucking hilarious to me. I get it. Not a good movie, but I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it though. No, it flopped. Didn't care. That was my real. That was my real take. That was just my my real reaction and take was I liked it. it, it I enjoyed it and. I said, I said, said as much. Was I'm not going to argue with people about it because it probably isn't a good movie, right? But that was genuine, and I believe in that we'll always give the genuine take here. And I'm not going to sit there and try to lie and say things that I didn't don't believe in. You know, we got access early to uh, season two of Luke Cage. I didn't when when the PR person came back to me was like, oh, so tell us what you thought, give you your thoughts. I gave her positives and I gave her negatives. I was like, there were a couple of negatives I had. I was like, oh, I didn't like this part, this part, this part here. I didn't tell her, oh, it was great, and hope that, hope for the best. No, I told her exactly what, what I felt. But I feel like that's not valued right now. Mm. But I'm betting that it will be. It's the same bet yeah. I, that we took for a lot of the stuff. We go here that at some point, one, the people aren't... You, you, just, you, you, you can't do it. Like, all these people that are making these videos and doing all this stuff is like, what happens when you get exposed? Hmm. You know, when Universal FanCon collapsed, all of a sudden, all the all everything that was there was exposed as being built on built on sand, quicksand. Yep. You know, and so, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a are you going to try to be a better person, a good person, or are you going to and show some empathy, or are you going to be the shitty person here and, and with all this stuff? And and right now, nerd nerd culture. 
it has become such a breeding ground for toxicity and it's it's the it's the 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 gateway drug for a lot of misogyny, racism, homophobia, transphobia. Like it's 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 a gateway. It's a gateway for all that shit. You know, you start saying, "Oh, I just it, I just didn't like Star Wars," and that's really what it was about. It wasn't about the woman. I was like, mm, "No, no," but you're giving you're giving space to the people who that's what exactly what it's about, and. When you hear enough negative comments about something, you start thinking that maybe they're positive, and maybe that's just regular opinion, and it's not. And um, yeah, it's all it's all fucking bad, all fucking mm. bad. Um, I'm gonna try to figure out what I'm gonna go for because there's two ways I can go. I'm gonna do this millennial stuff first, and then we'll come back to um. Could you mention there? And I'll fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, let's say we'll, we'll do millennials last. We'll 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 do we'll do Sean King and, and Bernie Sanders, and then we'll go into Trump, and then we'll do this millennial stuff. Because motherfucker, <sighs> he's like a fucking fungus. I swear. Oh my gosh, talk about somebody willing to do anything. He's a turd that won't flush. He really truly is. Didn't he get Just fired from? Could you ask about it? Right? Didn't he get fired from the Daily Mail for plagiarism? Uh-huh. He got, I think it was the Daily News because he was with, yeah. he was with a, literally every time he does some, you know, bunch of shit he says people need to give him money for and it blows up and nothing happens with it. He gets a new, uh, that he builds something else. He gets a new writing job. So he slowly kind of worked his way up. He was at the Daily News and I guess now he's at the Intercepts. That's new news. I didn't even know anything about that. So yeah, that was news to me. He's. If you follow, listen, support Sean King, you're part of the fucking problem at this point. Because there's too much evidence out there of how terrible of an opportunistic... Like, he is literally an ambulance chaser when it comes to um, activism uh, and, 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 and black activism. He's the dude that runs follows, follows the disaster and figures out, how can I make it about me? There have been plenty of opportunities and plenty of... T- Exposes on that, but nothing tops this shit that he did. He, he the re, this recent shit, yo. Yeah, apparently he he got fired as an editor because of uh, he, he was accused of plagiarism on Tuesday. This was April nineteenth mm-hmm. of sixteen. Actually, I didn't even that why he's been gone for that long. Uh, editor in chief Jim Rich told CNN Money that the editor in question had made a series of egregious and inexplicable errors and on at least three occasions deleted attribution that made it appear passages from Sean King's columns were not properly credited. Now, let me just say this. Because when when I tell y'all to believe black women, this is what the fuck he's been doing to black women since forever and a day since the first time I heard this person's name, the first time I heard his name was in the context of him literally just lifting people's Facebook posts, pushing them as though he had found done some sort of investigation and found this information out when really he just was taking people's own accounts and, and calling that journalism, not attributing to them, not linking back to the initial content or thread or post or anything. And when he gets called out, he does shit like with Dr. Ronnie Dean Byrne, who some of you may remember as the Texas textbook mom. Now, Ronnie was on the fucking nightly show for this work that she did with McGraw-Hill, right? This is not like, oh, if you look, you could Google right now Texas textbook mom and the first 12 things that come up will be this woman and her name. She calls Sean out for his trash behavior. He refers to her in his response as 
some woman from Texas. That's a direct quote. This is the the moral ambiguity of this individual. And it's and he's been consistently ain't shit, just to be clear, too. Apparently, a few months after or last month, he said he's uh, Dale. This is from the root. They reported it as Sean King is out. Daily News loses its activists, its activist black columnist. He's leaving the Daily News in New York as its senior justice writer to become writer in residence at Harvard University's based Fair Punishment Project. So which is it? Anyways, go ahead. I just wanted to, you know, just. So here's the thing. Um, I used to joke. People don't know. If you follow me on Twitter, you know. If you follow me on Twitter from from, from the very, very beginning from 2008, you know, I always used to joke Torrey. Um, I used to have it back and forth with Torrey all the time. He's finally un he's unblocked me, I think, recently. Um, we used to, we used to go back. Me and Torrey. It, 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 I'm gonna say uh, early Twitter was more accessible to certain certain people. And True. so uh, me and me and Tori go back and forth because I thought Tori was a terrible writer. I, I I still think he's a terrible writer. Um, also, huh? Also facts. Yeah, not he's good. not a good writer. He like Tori's one of the people that he will write a lot of words. Then you get to the end of the post, you're like, it just ends. You're like, what the fuck did I just read? What was the point? Like, there is no like, it's just all like word soup with nothing actually, no conclusion, no premise, no nothing. It's just. A bunch of stuff, throwing some hip hop, hip hop references and shit like that, and that's that's literally it, right? Um, he's not a good writer. Um, I will say, uh, yeah, he's not a good writer. Um, Sean King makes Torrey seem like he should get a Nobel Prize in literature. If you find any, the only good things that that Sean King has written and written well, as Leslie said, he has lifted from other people. Mm -hmm. When he goes to write something on his own and it's literally his own investigation, his own work, his own thing he's done, it is god-awful and painful to read. And most of it has been about himself. Like, that's where he puts all his actual energy and actual investigation. Absolutely. To write about himself. It is all about me, 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 me. Mimi. So his latest just it, it, this is what it sent me off this week. His latest one was in the intercept, which is also not a good rag, not a good pay, place to write stuff because they're just also fucking terrible. I believe intercept also had wasn't that the where that do Lee Fang was writing from? I think so. Oh, I know. It is. I think, and that's Glenn Greenwald as well, who was a terrible person. Um, it's, like, so, it's a whole like Bernie bro like cesspool. Over yeah, there. it is. It is. So here's the title. I'm gonna read this for you guys. How Bernie Sanders evolved on criminal justice reform. Evolved. I thought he was perfect. Saint Bernie. Say it ain't so, Chris. What then follows is this long-ass piece written by Sean King where he finally sits down and talks to his idol, Bernie Sanders, about criminal justice reform and, and completely forgets everything else he's ever known about. I, I'm putting journalism in quotes, but even things that he's said himself.
despite my personal endorsement of Sanders, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders in 2016, Democratic presidential primary and campaigning for him, I've never met him. I've had several opportunities to do so and found ways to wiggle out of each encounter. Consequently, I felt the need to publicly criticize him for a political blind spot. Or, uh, consequently, when I felt the need to publicize, publicly criticize him for a political blind spot or mistake, I even felt like I was violating my personal relationship. My first question is, when have you done that? When have you? When Wait, have where you, is that? When did that happen? I just want to know. When when did you when did you criticize him publicly for a political blind spot? I, I haven't felt like I was violating a personal relationship. Here's the thing, motherfucker. You are a journalist, apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly, it shouldn't. Allegedly, it shouldn't so. fucking matter if you have a personal relationship with him or not. You should still be able to publicly criticize him for a blind spot. You ain't friends. So already, again, everything's about me. He's writing this in, in the context of himself because, and, and I'm sorry, let me, let me go back to the, before this because just, just so we can get, get some context for this. For pretty much my entire career as a journalist, I've stayed true to this council going out to outrageous lengths to avoid meeting politicians face-to-face. I never met New York City Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio. I never met New York uh, Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo. I felt fully at peace when I criticized them both for failing to deliver essential criminal justice reforms they promised. That's not being a... (laughs) So you're telling me in order to be a journalist, you cannot meet and sit down with the people you are going to be writing about and covering. Are you at it? How do you, that means you've never done that. You've never done an actual interview with any of these people. You never one-on-one being able to take your own. I'm more of a journalist than you are than you asshole. I've sat down and met. So, so me sitting down and, and interviewing Grant Gustin means I can't criticize the flash. Oh wait, no, I've done that. I've, I've criticized the flash. Huh? Weird. Weird. And I've done that. I, I, I was actually able to do both. I'm able to do both. Also, you being a journalist and you sitting down with Mayor de Blasio doesn't mean that you guys are fucking friends now. You don't have a personal relationship. You have a professional relationship. Because you're supposed to be a professional journalist, right? Right? Professionalism? Oh, we don't know about that. Okay. okay. Quote unquote. Okay. Professional. Alleged. There's, there's, so, there's so many eyes. In, in this in this fucking article, a couple of weeks ago, I broke my own rule. As you may know, I helped lead a political organization called Real Justice Pack. You're running a pack, but you want to. Mm-hmm. You're running a pack, but you want to be a, 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 a jerk. I'm. <laughs> I can say this now. I can't say this on Twitter. He's one. He's actually blocked me, and two. I said it on Twitter. They they'd probably suspend me for like thirty days. I want to strangle this motherfucker. I want to strangle him because are you out of your goddamn mind? Like I, I really, I really want to sit down with Sean King and I really want to look him in the face and ask him, are you out of your goddamn mind? Who the fuck do you think you are? It's a waste of time. I've done it, Chris. I'm just telling you really honest. I've had like two and a half hour phone conversations with this dude. It, it, it is a weird, like unexplainable he says nothing and then commits to shit he never actually will do. <laughs> Ronnie's done it too. She had a two hour and a half hour conversation with him. This is literally would do you absolutely no good. He's delusional to the point that he believes his own bullshit. 
I, I, I want you guys, I, I want to read this. I'm going to read this entire paragraph here. And I want you guys to go back to remember what he said before about being a journalist and not wanting to meet with people because he doesn't want to break his own rule. As you may know, I help lead a political organization called Real Justice PAC, Political Action Committee, uh, that is fighting to elect reform-minded district attorneys across the country. We recently co-hosted a huge event in Los Angeles with Sanders and the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter to promote local justice reforms. My work for Real Justice Pack is independent from The Intercept. All that right there, you're not a fucking journalist. Like, there, there's this weird thing that I think real journalists and real reporters do where they say things like they can't, they don't vote in elections because they want to be an, uh, uh, impartial. They want to be unbiased. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. You can vote in an election and, and separate your, 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 that, what you do off hours with, with your work you do for your day job. You can do that, right? That's just, that's normal. Um, I, I also believe that nobody's truly unbiased and, and reporters and, 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 and journalists who keep trying to say, push this idea that they don't, they don't ask certain questions or they don't do certain things because they are unbiased. I think that they, like for instance, you hear this a lot with, 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 with journalists when it comes to Trump, it's like, well, we can't go too far because we don't want to appear biased, but I'm like, you are biased. You're biased towards facts and truth. That is the that is the job of a journalist. You are completely biased to facts, truth, the history, and reality of what things are. And as long as you 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 are in that lane, you are, as far as I'm concerned, your integrity is safe. None of that is covered by what I just said. Sean King said he's doing here. You are running a pact. Um. You are. Siding with it, you are actively fighting to elect reform-minded to return. And here's the thing: without making any commentary on probably how that organization is probably not even doing what it needs to be doing, that is not a bad. That's not bad work. Electing reform-minded district attorneys across the eight country that is good work. But it is also completely against what you're you, you're claiming your job is as a journalist. You cannot do both. Not in this way. Not like this. Not like this. Because you are because you are blurring the line so much. It's not like you're doing this one on the side and then you put on your journalism hat and you be a journalist. Like, I, I think some, some really good journalists and some really good qualified people can do that. Sean King cannot. Clearly. He has no idea. I, I want to know how the fuck he became a journalist in the first place other than he just started, he started writing for somebody. Pretty much. Um, so the piece goes on. And it's, it's just. It basically makes excuses by why that. I was about to say Trump. That, that Sanders only now realizes the issues of African-Americans in, in criminal justice. Backstage, I met privately with Sanders and he was and was immediately struck by his vastly improved mastery of core issues around criminal justice reform. I thought that he was the best choice because Hillary voted uh, mm-hmm. Hillary Hillary in the cl- crime bill, even though Bernie Sanders voted for it. I thought that um, I thought that Bernie Sanders was already a master of criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. I was told. But it wasn't just his newfound fluency on these issues that surprised me. It was his emotion. 
It's disgusting, Sean, that our country is basically criminalizing poverty. I'll be honest with you. I really didn't know this was happening. I had no idea hundreds of thousands of Americans, particularly African-Americans, were being held in jail for months or even years, uh, or years even, uh, even though they've never been convicted of a crime, simply because they cannot afford bail. Senator told me in a tiny dressing room backstage before the event. Hey, you know who did know this? Hillary Clinton. It was actually on her platform. Weird. Weird, right? Weird. Because I remember Weird. Sean King telling me that, that, that he didn't see Bernie Sanders and, and, and Hillary Clinton as, as two different sides of the same coin. He said it was more like um, Hillary Clinton and Trump were, the, were two sides of, of the same coin. Weird. Weird, right? Weird. Because I, I actually, you know, for all the... Again, Hillary Clinton has her problems. Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. though, um, she understood this, though. She knew this. She talked about this. She had a, she had a speech on criminal justice reform. Huh, weird, weird, weird. I've learned a lot, he continued. I see the racial disparities clearer than I ever. I want to help. Just tell me how I can help. Best help. We'll do it. I was touched. He wasn't reading from a script. He was admitting to me as soon as... Uh, 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 as he would soon from the stage in front of thousands of people that he hasn't always quite gotten it right. He hasn't always gotten it. But 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 a year and a half ago, this dude was like, oh, Bernie knows everything. He knows our plight. He knows everything about criminal justice. I've been saying this since then. Like, I, this dude been in, we're in, in government for 30 years. What has he done? I'm still waiting for some answers. What 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 disgusts me about this whole thing is, and I'm not going to sit there and say that you know, maybe maybe Sanders is evolving on the issues. Maybe he is. What disgusts me about this thing is Sean King and others are letting Bernie Sanders do what they wouldn't let Hillary Clinton do. Which is evolving issues, and then and then and then they're literally at the same time, they're putting training wheels on him. And 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 helping him out along the way to do this, like this is the same things, the same things, the same criticism they had of, of Hillary Clinton, that like he's only doing this to get elected. Somehow that that that, that criticism goes away with Bernie. Oh, his passion, he really believes this. But Hillary didn't. Weird. Was this the same passionate uh, Bernie that told us that all Trump voters weren't racist? And the real problem of the Democratic Party is that they had abandoned white working class voters? Same Bernie? Same dude, right? Same, is it the same dude? Same dude? I'm just asking same for a friend. Same, I same, know. same dude? Okay. Sue's going to be like, what, 78 when it's 2020? And you want me to believe? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to be ageist. Yeah, I'm not voting for an old 78-year-old white dude. I already told I'm not voting for any 70 year old white people for anything ever in the history of never, ever. I don't give a fuck if Jesus came down, even though Jesus isn't white and pretended to be a white person that was 70 years old. I'm not voting for them. And you shouldn't either. Whoever's hearing this right now. So funny thing about this. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. I'm just saying it's enough. So, so funny. Some funny thing about it. Uh, I'm looking at the, the, the image from the, um, from the article, right? Because image from the article that's supposed to be in Los Angeles, the real justice event that has Sanders there. It's funny yeah. how there's still a lot of white people in that audience. I don't see a lot of black people. Hmm. Hmm. I I just 
this goes back to the whole thing of why I get so drained with what's going on. Um, because people will, the, the people that support Bernie Sanders are so far up Bernie's ass. And they're so, like, the things they let him get away with are things they don't let anybody else get away with. Like, look, there's no no politician you're going to vote for either this midterm or the in, in 2020 unless they're, like, brand new and, like, truly, like, grassroots. And that's not going to, and I'm telling you right now, that's not going to be anybody for a national office. It's not. Um, they're all going to have problems. So Kamala Harris has her issues. Cory Booker has her, his issues. Um, but the selective outrage of Bernie folks aimed at, oddly enough, people of color, two black people, a black woman and a black man, versus the things they let Bernie get away with. Bernie can get away with saying, I didn't know about Flint. Oh, that wasn't in this article. That was him actually being asked about Flint during the campaign. Hmm. He didn't have enough information. He gave the same answer that Paul Ryan gave. Meanwhile, uh, Hillary Clinton actually had people on the ground. And again, hey, maybe it was all just for the campaign. Maybe it was all just for looks and things like that. That's the reality. That's the facts, right? Um, Bernie can come out here and say that he didn't know black people were getting locked up because they couldn't afford afford their bail, he can say that kind of stuff and it'd be okay. And then people will immediately go to, well, you know, Kamala Harris was a a, a DA. She locked up people too. She's part of the problem. I'm like, well, they're all part of the problem. Bernie didn't give a shit enough. These are systemic problems. Everybody's part of the fucking problem. Stop saying shit that's common sense. Yeah, if you're you're part of the system, you're going to be part of the problem. And that includes all of us. (laughs) Most of us. Most of us. Listen, I was just tweeting about this the other day, about how down I've been and like how it's it's difficult sometimes to stay positive and that like I'll use like my hair, my nails and makeup and stuff like that just to have a positive piece in my life. But I also have to acknowledge that those things that give me joy are centered in capitalism and that there is somebody that is exploited in order for me to have my joy. That's a fact we all have to live with. It's just a reality. So this- this, this is how life is, right? We have to we we have to oftentimes decide what we're going to do and and do as little harm as we possibly can and try and make decisions that are different. But there's none of not none of us out here unless you live in on an island somewhere and don't have no access to nobody and you make all your own shit and you cook all your own shit and no and you just solitary. None of us have the luxury of saying that we do not benefit from other people's exploitation. We don't get to say that. And we for fucking sure don't get to say that in this country. Well, I, that's what I love about people who, who, who again, say space. So I can talk about the leftists. The black leftists who always, you know, when everybody always goes, hey, yeah, you're saying all this shit, but you're tweeting from an iPhone. They're like, oh, but I'm about workers. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still tweeting from an iPhone. You're still tweeting from a product that was made in a sweatshop. And exploited the same labor that you want. Like, you're part of the system too. You 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 cannot, and I think this is the thing that drives me so fucking crazy about these people, mm. is that they talk about the system as if they aren't also feeding said system. The rest of us are sheep because we're trying to navigate the system and we're fully aware of the system, but we're trying to navigate it and do the best we can and it's a little hard as possible. While well, these same people are doing the same thing we're doing, but pretending like they aren't also feeding said system. You are. Everybody is. All right. 
We all are. We're all in this together. We've got to figure it out. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you got you got to do that, right? So the, the, they've been going after Kamala Harris really hard, which, again, another reason why I really towards, you know, was really getting upset at the sexism aimed at Hillary Clinton because I was like, well, you do realize that when a black woman runs, it's going to be twice as bad, right? Because you guys have said it's okay to go this far. So there's mm. that. Um, there's Cory Booker. Now, here's the thing. I'm not even a Cory Booker fan. I think Cory Booker, Cory Booker is that guy who, you know that guy in school who you could just tell was running for class president because he was just like, he was the class president guy who just felt like they were just so fake and not real and were annoying. And you were just like, oh, God, this guy's going to run for class president because that's just what he is. That's Cory mm-hmm. Booker to me. Like, he's not genuine. Like, I think he, he does care about people, but at the same time, every time he talks about things, I'm just like, you're doing this because you're, dude, tone it down a little bit. You're too, you're, you're, you're I, I see the seams. <laughs> I see the seams. I see, I see them. Like, I just, I need to. Just slip I, it. We can see it right, right now. I'm just like, just like, bro, I get it. I get it. You're a politician, but you're like, you're too politician. Like, too much. <laughs> it's just, like, like. I, like this is, I, I think Cory Booker is a is a guy who people think Obama is. I'm like Obama can say some things, and you'd be like, "Oh man, not that bad." And you're like, "Oh wait a minute, wait a minute, I got what he said there." Like Obama could trick you into some things because of the way he spoke and the way Cory Booker just feels like it's like, dude, you're too, you're, you're you're too you're too you're too pushy. Like I need you to. He's the dude. I'm, that gonna, move, I'm gonna move into projects, and I'm yeah, I'm oh. gonna save burning buildings, and I'm gonna. I I will never forget when he did the vegan when he did the I'ma live off of um the, the the food stamps joint. He did it for and he could only do it for like two days. Do you remember that when he was on Twitter for that shit? Yeah, I remember. That shit what uh, and he got clown because it was like, first of all, dude, like you bought all you, you he like bought all starts. Like he was like he bought like potatoes and like he was like, What are you dude, what are you that's not that's not how people buy. That's how people buy with that stuff. With, with their what are you doing? It was just oh god, yeah, it was. Sorry, I was just, so Cory Booker gets on my my goddamn nerves. All right. At the same time, I can also recognize that the burning wing of people are unfairly targeting him for certain things. Like I remember, I had this the certain thing that happened. It was um, it was January, so January twenty seventeen. They had gotten really upset at at, at um. They had gotten really upset at uh, Cory Booker because he voted against Bernie's bill to lower prescription drug prices. Right, it was a big thing. Oh, see, Cory Booker's in for big pharma. Cory Booker doesn't care. Cory Booker this. Cory Booker that. Here's the thing: the problem was there's was no facts in any of it. Yes, yes, Cory Booker did vote against the bill, but it was a bad bill. Yeah, it was a bad bill that one wasn't going to do anything because Trump wasn't going to really sign it. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So it was an empty gesture, which again the Bernie wing likes empty gestures. They don't actually have anything to show because Bernie has nothing actually to show for his thirty <laughs> years in Congress. So, um, so they like empty gestures, like oh well, you know, you voted against us Medicare for all. You voted against our single payer bill because your single payer bill ain't going to pass right now, you dumbass motherfucker. You're you're it's creating politics. There's a reason why most of us don't get into politics. It's because it's called pol- it's politics. We don't. It's politics. You're not. Little, you're, 
You're not supposed to like it. You're not supposed to like it. You're not supposed to like that shit. That's the reason why we don't. Anyway, so Corey was like, I, I, I want to vote for this. I want to lower purchase and drug bills, but like, like this bill doesn't have protections against. It doesn't have. It doesn't have protections on making sure the drugs are are safe or anything like that. Let's put the protections in, and then Bernie was, oh no, fuck that, no, no, you know that's not why. That's not why he voted against it. A month later, uh, Cory Booker sponsored a bill with I think Al Franken at the time um, that did the exact same thing that the Bernie bill did, but it had the protections in it. How many of those Bernie people went back and said, "Oh well, I guess I guess he was for lower prescription drug prices"? Zero. Mm. None of them came out and said, "Oh my bad," because it's not about that. It's about that initial anger and saying that also because PolitiFact actually did it they were like you know people all say oh you know Cory Booker is in the pockets of Big Pharma PolitiFact was like well that's mostly false because while you, the, the information they were using the numbers they were using they were like that also includes money and that's what a lot of people don't understand when they look at these these these, these, these sums of money coming from industries that money doesn't mean that these companies that doesn't just include like the big donations from 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 the big farmer. When people think big farmer, I think you're thinking about the CEOs or the companies themselves. That money doesn't, it's not just that. It's also coming from, if you work in a pharmaceutical company as a regular worker and you donate to Cory Booker, guess what? Your money gets counted in that big pharma money. And when you work in a state, when you're in a state like New Jersey which has a lot of pharmaceutical companies, you might be skewed when it comes to where your money's coming from because most of the people you're getting your money from happen to work what? somehow in that industry. Surprise! It's... The last election created so many political novices and, uh, I'm sorry, I'm being too nice, political idiots who have no idea how this shit works. And then you try to argue with them on Twitter or anywhere else, and they they, they don't want to lose. They don't want to admit they're wrong. This thing the thing with Bernie Sanders came out and, and I literally watched Bernie people either not say a goddamn word, but it's like they didn't fucking see it. I see you. Or they try to defend it basically going, at least he evolved and but you know, Hillary Clinton, super predator, she was push pushing that bill. And I'm like, but Bernie voted for the bill. Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. never voted for it because she wasn't in office. She was first lady. What are you talking about? Like, you're at, you you asking common sense answers and questions here, Chris, and nobody wants common sense responses to things. It's too easy. It's, it's been driving me crazy because I'm like, how forget, forget if Trump gets out of office and, and uh, forget if there's a blue wave in, 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 in the midterms. It's like, when are we going to reconcile this? Whatever this is, whatever this time period it is where honestly facts don't matter. Correct. Facts and reality don't matter. And what matters is how you feel. Fuck your feelings. <laughs> That's also one of those things that's like, you know, remember, I think it was like three or four years ago when truthiness was the word of the year. Mm -hmm. And I, I look back at that time and I think about the trajectory that we started on around that time. 
Because again, this isn't just about Trump. It's about a shift in culture, a shift in society that's happened. And I look back on that truthiness period of people just using language in very deliberate ways to obscure the truth. And we see it morph to today, where, as you said, truth has no meaning anymore. The word truth doesn't even have any. The word lie has no meaning. Where reporters will be like, um, the president uh, was didn't say wasn't correct about something. Motherfucker, he lied about it. It wasn't that he wasn't correct. It's a lie. The thing that came out of his mouth is a lie, not an untruth, not incorrect, a lie. This is the shit that I'm just sometimes I'm just just going to I just be like, uh, I'm going to just put my head down and go help some black people because I don't really I, I don't know what else to do some days. I really don't. Well, th- well, this goes to the, 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 the we'll get into the Trump part of this. Because, you know, we, we've had the, the, the horrible stories of let's call them what they are. Internment camps for kids. Yep. Of 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 migrants who've come mm-hmm. into this country. Um, They've built. They're building tent cities, like like they're building tent cities, yeah, for kids. All right, um, and and at this point, so and so in this week, we got um, uh, and 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 shout out to the real journals out there who are who are finally pushing back. Uh, there was that one. Um, let me see if I can find it. The one guy who uh, pushed back against Sarah Sanders, and basically yeah. said, "You have kids. Your mother." How can you do this? How can you do this? You know, um, Andrews, it, it, it just, it, it, so shout out to them for, for, for that. But it's like, you're getting a lot of people saying, this isn't us. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd be like, y'all talking, who's we? Who's us? If you, if this were real, like, I, re- I just want to know. I'm just confused. I'm confused by it. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can play this. Uh, seriously, I'm confused by it, but at the same time, hold on. Come across the border. Uh, the attorney general earlier today said that uh, somehow there's a justification for this in the Bible. Uh, where does it say in the Bible that it's moral uh, to take children away from their mothers? Uh, I'm not aware of the attorney general's comments or uh, what he would be referencing. Uh, I can say that uh, it is very biblical to enforce the law. Uh, that is actually repeated a number of times throughout the Bible. Well, However, the Bible this uh, hold on, Jim, if you'll let me finish. Uh, again, I'm not going to comment on the attorney's specific comments that I haven't seen. That's not what law. I said, and I, I know it's hard for you to understand. Um, even short sentences, I guess, but and please don't take my words out of context. But the separation of illegal fam- alien families is the product of the same legal loopholes that Democrats refuse to close. And these laws are the same that have been on the books for over a decade. And the president is simply enforcing them. Policy to take children away from their parents. Uh, can it's you imagine a moral the policy that to these follow must and be going the law. When they come across the border, Jim. they're with their parents, and then suddenly they're. What I, what I love about this, he claims that she didn't know what um, she didn't know what Jeff Sessions says, but then she gives Jeff Sessions exact answer. What the fuck he said? She another one. She'd be out here lying. Nobody calls her on none of this shit. She lies just bl- just blatantly. She mm-hmm. she is the poster child for white womanhood. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's and then calls a victim because when she leaves his white house, she gonna write a book about how she was so she was so victimized in the Trump administration. Just wait for it. So, Y'all oh, mark this oh, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White so, 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 so there, there. So yes, in in that respect, uh, it was something with um, uh, the the the, the rumor she's leaving soon. I know that she, you know, Sean Spicer left and other people left. And because they were men, you know, people were going to be like, oh, well, you know, Sarah Sanders is getting a rougher treatment because she's a woman. And while there might be some truth to that, Sarah Sanders will get treated worse because she did worse. And I can't believe I'm saying that. Sean Spicer was terrible. Sarah Sanders took what Sean Spicer did and doubled down on it and tripled down on it. And really became it. Like when she says at one point, basically insults the reporter, saying, "I know it's hard." For, basically, I know it's hard for you to understand short sentences. It made it a personal thing. You can actually hear uh, April in the background, basically saying, "That was a cheap shot." You know, uh, here, here I think this is Please, the talks like that to people. You're a professional person on your goddamn job, which goes back to what you were saying earlier. <laughs> Literally, right. who who does this? White people. That's who does it. Right parent don't you have any empathy for what these people are going through they have less than you guys settle down i'm trying to be serious but i'm not gonna have you you yell out a term jill please call it's a law and and they have these people have nothing hey ryan i know you want to get some more tv time but that's not what this is about i want to recognize you go ahead jill honestly answer the question it's a serious question these people have nothing they come to the border with nothing and you throw children in cages you're a parent you're a parent of young children. Don't you have any empathy for what they go through? Jill, go ahead. Jill. And sh- and and fuck Jill for not following up no, with, 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 uh, with, with 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 uh, basically saying answer the fucking question. Like, they don't have each other's back. Oh, so oh, oh, no, they, oh they don't. Oh, they don't. Is trash, anyways. Oh, they, yeah, they don't. Literally, they be arguing in that room, and then they go they go off for drinks later. Like literally, it, it, it's a it's a fucking show. All of it is. But um, it's gross. Yeah, so people are like, oh, this is not America. You know, oh, people are tweeting back, you know, oh, I don't know the portion of the Bible that said that's okay. And I'm like, okay, listen, you guys are going to make me be that asshole. And thankfully, other people were being this asshole too. Um, first of all, the Bible has been used to justify slavery and everything else in this country. So um, we are, and, and again, you know, let's not even go that far back, right? Let's not even go to the slavery one. That was obvious, right? The Bible being used for for justify slavery and Jim Crow laws and discrimination and how we treated savages and things like that. Let's 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 ignore that one. Let's just go back a few years with Kim fucking Davis and people using the Bible to justify why Kim Davis shouldn't shouldn't have to marry, do her job, and and sign the paperwork of two gay men who wanted to get married. All of a sudden um, we now, just go back to notice as ruling about these cakes. Yeah, all of a sudden, that was literally like all of this shit is like people be acting. If I see one more, this is not America. D- just stop. Learn your goddamn history first off. Oh yes, um, I hear saying what it isn't. Ugh. Well, Why are people like this, Chris? Why though? Oh, we we don't we don't rip children from their parents. I'm like, okay, so slavery didn't happen, the Trail of mm-hmm. Tears didn't happen, Japanese internment didn't happen. Like I remember, Ilian Gonzaga Gonzalez, remember that? I remember that. I remember that. Um, you know, he's all you know. Well, these aren't real Christians. I'm like, well, 
uh, where are the not where where are the real Christians and when are they going to fucking stand up? Because it seems like an awful lot of the the horrors of America are always tied and backed by the religious sector of this country, the Christian sector of this country. So where are the red, where are the real Christians? Because it feels like the real Christians are either using the, the Bible to justify this shit, or and I'm finding this even more offensive. They sit the fuck back and don't say a goddamn thing. Well, because ultimately they they have positioned themselves. This is American Christian Christianity has positioned itself. American white Christianity, and often you know, just generally Christianity has positioned itself as again. We go back to this individualism, this notion of if I just take care of me and mine, that's all that matters, and whatever I have to do to do that is is justified because I'm taking care of my family. This notion of there is a complete lack of connection to collective responsibility for each other, for the world, for society, for community, for your neighbors, for anybody. And so when you have that mindset, it allows you to stay silent about just about anything that doesn't affect you directly. Easily. It also makes you, if it doesn't, if it's not happening to you, it's easy to, um, cause I got into an argument yesterday with, um, this Jewish man. And I didn't know he was Jewish until he got branded up. Because he tried to use um, the Holocaust as a reason why me and him, as a black man, were on the same. We're, we're having the same issues. Because he was basically trying to say that while he doesn't believe that hugging Nazis is the right thing to do, he doesn't he doesn't think calling people who, who take that approach cowards is productive. And I was like, go fuck yourself. He was like, no, I know what's going on because, you know, they marched in Charleston and I'm, I'm I, you know, I saw the flag that 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 was waved when 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 my family survived the holocaust and and i'm like that's all good and well but here's the thing and a lot of american jews do this they bring up the they bring up the holocaust in order to shut up people of color uh when they're talking about things and it drives me crazy because they think it's good because then again when i was like you dude you need to shut the fuck up you're basically i said something and i ended up it was like yo if if you're if you're not gonna help you need to shut the fuck up and get out of the way your your conversation is not helpful you're annoying me and you know me having to drag you around here it's like you're dead weight he didn't try to turn that into oh, that's anti-semitic and i'm like see that's what you were going for the entire time and a lot of american jews do this they they use the holocaust as a way to shut down any debate with black people to eventually turn it into some kind of anti-Semitic, so where they can basically turn themselves into the victim, yeah. And 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 what they do with the Holocaust is, yes, I'm not going to sit there and try to say that you see in the Nazi flag doesn't remind you of the horrors of the Holocaust. It does, but, but here's the thing: you see that and it reminds you of the hor- horrors that you are far removed from by years, by generations, and things like that. Me. Or the rest of those black people, it reminds us of us last week. It's easy for you to sit there and take that that stance where, because here's the thing, I'm like, if it was 1940s, Germany, I'm gonna tell you right now, you and your family wouldn't be talking about it's okay. You, you wouldn't be this appeasing to people who wanted to hug Nazis. You wouldn't be, because you're living in that moment. And living with that threat directly to you and knowing what is happening to your people, you would not be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But right now, you're insulated. Yeah, you see the flag there, but just not. And it is a direct threat to you, but you you still feel a little bit removed from it. You're not yeah. actually in there. You're not 
really, really, truly living it day in and day out, hour after hour, minute after minute. You're not truly living. So you're still a little disconnected. So you can feel while you, per se, wouldn't hug a Nazi. You can look at somebody else and go, it's okay for you to do it because I understand you got to find your own way. Fuck that shit. You're a coward. It is cowardly. It's just flat out cowardly. It is. But it's cowardly for sure. And also, there's this, also this other thing of like, to me, like purposefully focusing on targets you know you won't actually make any headway with. Like, if I get one more fucking petition to petition the this government, I'm like, they don't give a fuck about your petitions. Like, what what are you doing right now? You could petition other entities, but not these motherfuckers right here. Y'all need to change your tactics. And I think, like, it becomes this thing of, like, oh, well, we're doing something as though all the some things are equal. As though the efficacy of all the some things are are all on the same level, even playing field. So, you know, when we're talking about these um, internment camps, detention centers for children, you know, I'm always like, well, we need to get our senators to do that. I go, cool, cool, cool. Who's running that shit? It's a private entity. Can you target them? When, when, when you hear that a tent city is going to get put together, who's making them tents? Who's supplying them? Who's making, who's physically going to place the order and create them? Can we target them? I just feel like there's this lack of true willingness to confront spaces where you actually could have purchased because it is much more of a risk to say to a private businessman or woman that, yeah, we get that this is going to be good for your profits, but it's morally wrong and we are calling on you to step into that. And if you're not, we are calling for you to go on record and say and make it clear to everybody that this is where you stand. Because we never force that line. We never force anybody to actually come out and say, this is where I stand and I am taking profit over whatever it is that we're trying to ask them not to do. Yeah. And, and, and the funny thing about it is when you sometimes do, you end up finding that they're, they back down and they realize that, okay, because, because, because nobody wants to, nobody wants that. If you, if you were to put pressure, well, the other thing too is in this case, you might not because some of these, I think some of these companies are like almost like the, um, what was that company that was out there that, that was quote unquote supplying power to Puerto Rico? Where it's literally, no. I, I bet you find out that some of these people are literally tied back to some of these Republican senators, which, which takes me to my, my next point about this. I love how Republicans are always saying this is not who we are. Trump does not re- represent Republicans. When Trump is literally, he's literally just taking two decades of Republican ideals and turning them, taking them to their natural conclusion. Like everybody's yep. saying that they didn't understand is like this is literally what Republican governors have. Trump is doing what I'll give him this. Trump is doing and taking stances that Republicans themselves have been too chicken shit follow through on but have played with for at least two two and a half decades longer than that but really really like some of these things have really been like the new wave for them whether it's banning muslims you know the deterrent like what what sickening me is about about jeff sessions is not him using the bible to justify taking these children from their parents at the border, 
Um, because I, I truly, and, and again, I think we should also make sure we understand that it's not just the border. We're making it seem like it's just the border. They're not doing this just at the border, folks. If nope. ICE comes into you and you're in the Midwest somewhere, or fuck it, you're in Maryland, and you are undocumented and you have kids, guess what they're going to do? It doesn't matter. Literally, doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Epps, you know, she's running uh, Father's Day bailouts this weekend in, in Colorado. While she's there bailing people out, ICE is standing in there. Mm-hmm. Using her words, kidnapping men. Did did you hear? Oh, let me see if I can find it. Um, the um, because Chris Hayes played this. I think it was Thursday. It was um. Uh, the recording. Uh, that uh. That they have, um, for uh when you call about your kids. Um, I'm going to see if I can find it. It was, it was, it was, um, it was disgusting because it basically, um, it basically told, told, it basically scares the parents into not giving their information. Yeah, of course it does. It basically says that, you know, Hey, listen, when you, um, when you call, uh, uh, you have to, they tell you, oh, yeah, we take all your information down and we can't find you and all this other stuff. If you get that, you're, you, you hear that, you're not going to call. Because nope. now you're afraid that you're now going to be hunted down and you'll have him. So, so not even just you, but let's say you have family who's also undocumented but hasn't been found yet and wants to call and find your kids for you. They can't. The ice director was going. Yeah. It's also a deterrent in the context of like, because let's just, let's be clear. This notion of documented, undocumented is, 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 is merely a swipe of a pen and you can go from one to the other just as quick as you can either, either way. Right. So let's say you, you have your green card and now you're inquiring about a child who was quote unquote illegally brought over the border. They can use that for grounds to 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 cancel your green card status, mm-hmm. which is why so, people don't call. They don't call because of that. They're not just separating parents; they're separating brothers and sisters from each other. Brothers from each other. They get a, they get an hour a week to see their siblings while they're in these detention centers, which are filled with fucking propaganda from this dude. Mm-hmm. Stupid fiasco. Mm-hmm. No, and and. and when I say I literally I just sit around thinking like what all my life I have said to myself you know how did how did the Third Reich happen I sit there and I think you know I think I I used to my whole life I would sit and I would think oh I I just can't imagine watching my neighbors taken and not and not saying something not doing something about it not thinking about it and we're here again we're here again in a moment where our individual freedoms are coming at a cost. And I don't think people truly realize what that cost is because that freedom that you're willing to give up other things for is an illusion. Ultimately it's all an illusion. And, you know, I say this specifically, you know, I'm, I'm a child of immigrant. I'm the first person, my entire family born in the United States. My mother is a citizen now, but she wasn't born here. My sisters are citizens now, but they were not born here. 
So, so when I think through, I think about my family, I think about the struggles they went through to come to this country to make a better life for themselves. I think about my grandmother who did the same and went back home because she said she didn't want to be a second class citizen here when she could be a first class citizen in her own country. And I think about this, the ways in which patriarchy, nationalism, white supremacy, homophobia, transphobia, all of these oppressive systems converge all together. And and I'm I'm horrified that people have allowed this to just be about Trump. Oh, yeah. No, it's this That's the Trump- part that I think scared me the most, Chris. I'll be really honest. That's the part that has scared me the most because they they have this notion that if we can just get him out. Then damage, it'll be dam- okay. Again. Dam- damage has been done. People have drawn lines. So so here's an article because this kind of goes along the lines you say. It's like this is a terrible article written by Frank Bruni in uh, the New York Times. It says how to lose a midterm to reelect Trump. Dear Robert De Niro, Samantha B, and other Trump haters, I get that you're angry. I'm angry too, but anger isn't a strategy. Sometimes it's a trap. When you find yourself spewing four letter words, you've fallen into it. You've chosen cheap, cheap theatrics over the long game, thesis over cunning. You, you've, you've raising, you're raising your fist when you're raising, when you're really raising a white flag. You're right that Donald Trump is dangerous and deeply offensive man, and the training and constraining him are urgent businesses. You're wrong about how about how you're going about it, or at least you're letting your emotions get better of you. When you name, when you, you answer name calling with name calling, tantrums with tantrums, you're not resisting him, you're mirroring him. You're not only dis- you're, you're you're not diminishing him, you're demeaning yourselves. Many voters don't hear your arguments or facts, which are on your side. They just went at, at, at the din. You permit them to see you as you see Trump deranged. Why would you choose? Why wouldn't you choose a different path? Uh, why would they choose a different path if you if it just goes to another ugly destination? So I, I, I'm not gonna read the rest of this. But it infuriated me because once again, it goes to this idea that this is about Trump. This isn't about Trump. Mm-hmm. This is about the people that supported, voted for, and have enabled Trump from the beginning. Because they're the real problem. They're the ones that once Trump is gone, they're still going to be here. Yep. And so my first problem with that when I read this article is them saying that you can't name call. And I, I do not believe that at all. It's like the people that try to say, oh, you can't curse and when have facts ever stopped any of these people from voting for Trump or supporting mm-hmm. Trump? When you say facts are on your side, that's not, that has never been enough. That's never been enough to stop them. They've always been on our side. Trump came with the minute Trump came out and said plenty of times that he was a birther and that Barack Obama wasn't born in America. That should have disqualified him right then and there. It didn't. The people you're talking about, Overlooked that, didn't care. When Trump came out and his his can't his 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 announcement was him calling uh Mexicans rapists. When he came out and um and 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 and, and pretending like he didn't know who David Duke was, and he was endorsed by. Uh, the KKK. When he, when when Heather Hare died in in in, in Charlottesville and and. He said there were there were there were good people on both sides, as if this was a Star Wars scroller before Episode Three. There are heroes mm-hmm. on both sides. Like, forget that. Let's go into the facts. Let's go into the actual the stuff he's actually done. He is literally fighting right now. Actually, then they've they've won this to make it so that insurance companies do not have to cover you if you have a pre-existing condition. Your premiums are going to go up. 
The tax bill is horrible for anybody who isn't in the top 20% of this country. Mm-hmm. The facts are there. The facts have been said there. And so when you tell me that we can't fight fire with fire, but we have to be, and again, I love Michelle Obama, but I think one of the greatest, the, 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 the dumb thing she's ever said was when they go high, when they go low, we go high. That's no, great for a can. Hey, look, here's the thing. It's great for a campaign speech. It's great. In reality, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. You can't go high in respite in, in racism. You can't go high when people's humanity is at stake. There's no there there is no high or low. There's just right and wrong, and that's it. There, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You, I'm sorry. It it just you cannot know. When they go that low that they are challenging the very fabric of existence when it comes to reality, truth, and being. Oh, no, you can go low. Because here's the thing. No matter how low you go, you can't go lower than them. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Going back to our saying of the, 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 uh, us, the, this, this, there's been an imbalance on how we, we view these things. That's the imbalance right there. People trying to sit there and say that somehow somebody goes out and be racist. Me going, you're a fucking idiot. Oh, so you went to their, you stooped to their level. No, I didn't. They're stupid. That's a fact. What they said, though, isn't the end. And what's happened is once Trump is gone, we have now from Twitter verifying people, from outlets giving them status, from from Trump allowing some of these people to have White House credentials, you have made, you have validated people. And it didn't start with Trump. Let's get, let's get, let's get real with this. It didn't start with Trump. This has been happening for a while now. Um, if you wanted to, again, you can go further back than this. If you really want to put it somewhere, Fox News. Fox News was the beginning of the end. Yeah, because what happened with Fox News is this: Fox News has anybody? This is something weird I've been seeing from the right when they do this stuff. Fox News is this weird thing where they are the number one cable news network, most watched. Okay, that's a fact. But if you listen to Fox News and you hear their people talk, what do they say all the time? There is a liberal media bias. Yeah. And the mainstream media won't tell you this stuff. Here's the yeah. thing. If you try to silence us, that's the right. other and thing. And they're trying to silence us. Like a double, they, they claim they're the most watched and nobody's listening to them at the same time. How? That is, Me? that is fundamentally opposing each other. You cannot say you are the most watched news network where you have more people watching you than anybody else. Then also claim you are not the mainstream media. How are you not mainstream if you are the most watched? That makes you the mainstream. There's some dude from Breitbart sitting there saying about trying to soften the blow of of what's happening, saying the media is trying to divide us by doing something. I'm like, motherfucker, you work, you host a show on the Breitbart News Network. You are the media. The right has had this way of they have been for years skewing reality so that it does not inc- uh, include them, but then using the rules against everybody else. Hello. We we are not the mainstream media, even though we are the most watched, even though we have the most viewers, even though we have everybody listen to us. You're not going to hear this from the mainstream media. It's like, well, it's, we're hearing it from you. You're you're covering this. How how we you know? Oh, you know, 
Trump calls into you guys all the time. Like you guys talk. How are you not? How are you not main? How are you not mainstream? How? How sway? How are you not mainstream? How are you not? I don't understand. But we've allowed. But they for the longest time they let them get away with that. Oh, we're fair and balanced. We report, you decide. And then what happened? CNN and MSNBC started doing the same thing because it worked. Ratings. The same thing that's happening with YouTube, going with influence and and what gets views and what gets hits and things like that. The cable news networks already did that. They already went down that route. And so once Trump is gone, you're going to have this thing here where you then normalize the voices that you shouldn't normalize. You know? Rick Santorum Mm. somehow is being able to talk. Where Mark Sanford losing a primary is oh man we're losing some we're, I literally saw Joe Scarborough oh man we're losing some some modern Republicans because you know Mark Sanford Mark Sanford for those who don't remember the Mark Sanford situation it, it's so f- gosh wasn't it this wasn't it wasn't, wasn't it around this time I think it was Father's Day weekend yeah it, it, oh it's it was I think it was pretty sure it was Father's Day's weekend Mark Sanford had disappeared and nobody could find out where Mark Sanford had gone it's the news it was like there's a sitting governor Governor, I believe, South Carolina. Nobody could find out where Mark Sanford had gone. It was like, where? What happened to him? Did he go? He went. He was supposed to go on the Appalachian Trail, and did he? Did he lose? We just lost a sitting American governor. It was a big deal because here's the thing. Well, it's not as big as losing a, a president, losing a sitting governor. That's 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 secure. That's that's national security. It's there a problem. Is. It's a problem. So all weekend people were trying to figure out where he was. All of a sudden it comes out. Mark Sanford had been in Argentina with his mistress over Father's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Not only had he cheated on his wife, he left his entire state mm-hmm. to go on a tryst with his mistress mm-hmm. over Father's Day weekend. Mind you, you remember, he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Family values. The Family Values Party. Somehow, he was able to come back into politics. The Republican, nice. the Republican Party has been going down this road for a long time. Long They've, time. And, and, and the American people have been too. And until we address that, the damage has been done. Mm-hmm. And this goes from also on the left with this whole idea that you have to be pure and because oh, and it, it's not even pure. Because let's be honest here, Bernie Sanders ain't pure. No, you the, the, the same thing that the Bernie Sanders people claim about Hillary Clinton, you can use against Bernie Sanders. You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit about any of that. You just you, you you're fucking stupid. I'm, I don't even got time to argue with you anymore. You're just fucking stupid. You're in your little tribes. You become tribal. And you're not working together. It's, it's, you know, people always wonder, you know, I'm always getting into it with black socialists on 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 um on Twitter. They can never understand why. I'm like, "Oh, it's not because I don't I, like cuz you guys haven't understood the one the one basic the one basic problem that have of socialism. The one basic problem of socialism is people. Mm-hmm. The people are broken. Mm-hmm. And until you fix the people, your little socialist experiment is never going to work. Because people are greedy. People are jealous. People backstab. Mm-hmm. People, pe- the people are the problem, 
with your system. That's why socialism really has never really worked out anywhere it's been. Because the people always become the fucking problem. And people don't people can't act right. It, that, that's just the reality. It doesn't doesn't mean I don't believe in socialist ideas. It doesn't mean that I don't believe that it wouldn't be better for us and better for the workers and better for No, I, I believe all that shit. I'm just saying good luck getting the people to agree to it. Exactly. Like really good luck. You can't we can't even get you guys to not we can't even get you guys to stop the bleeding and vote for somebody that you might not like and, and do this. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I just don't know. I'm I'm done. Like um I, I it's true. And and I've I've gotten to the point of just like I said, I've just been like, you know what, I'm just gonna go help some black folks where I can. And just focus my energies there because honestly, like the 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 layers of hypocrisy have gotten to the point that I just can't even stomach having the conversations anymore. That's where I'm at. That's where I've gotten to. I'm just I'm just like the the thickness of the hypocrisy. I just don't even have it to give anymore. Like, you know, we're gonna be mad at black people because they watch Meghan Markle's wedding. We're gonna be you know, because uh, imperialism, I get it. I, I do. I really do. I re- I really truly do. I'm not. I'm not dumb. As black people, if we cut out everything that is that, that ends up having some larger harm to us, we would literally just sit in the woods somewhere, naked right. and afraid, and and, and having nothing. I, I, and I tell people all the time, listen, if you're gonna get mad at me and call me a capitalist, call me an imperialist, and support all that stuff, do all that shit. I'm gonna tell you right now. If you want me to get on board with everything else, you make sure white people. Get that shit together, because I'm not about to, I'm not about to 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 punish myself even further, and, and deny myself any kind of fucking joy. Because like yeah, everything we my do, my question like, always goes back to them. Also, is this question of like, how is your anger materially benefiting those most affected by the things you're talking about? How does what are you actually doing besides being mad at whoever's doing what? Like, I just always have those questions back. I don't know. I don't see the evidence of it. And it's not me. This isn't even throwing shade. This is just real talk. Like, I don't, there's so much wrong in the world right now that everybody needs to be rolling their fucking sleeves up. We all need to be thinking about how we're directly affecting the material condition of those that are under the thumb of these oppressive systems, including ourselves. That's that's where my thought process continually goes back to. It's where I try to point anybody that talks to me about this shit about too. Because I don't know any other answers. I don't have answers for you. I I can't fix America. This shit been broken since it started. You don't 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 look don't look at don't look at the oppressed people be the ones to fix it first. I just I don't have it. I don't have it in me anymore. And I, and I, I just don't look where where you see people actually meeting the needs that that are out there. Go go there. Go to those places. Put your energy there. Put your money there. Put your efforts there. Put your resources there. Put your access there. Do that. Yeah. All right. Um, last thing before we get out of here, I got to do a Do You Even Sci-Fi Bro because um, it fits into all this. So, okay. Do You Even Sci-Fi Bro. <laughs> all right. We're doing Do You Even Sci-Fi Bro. Uh, and this is something I think other people have covered this as well already. Um, MIT scientists create a psych, uh, psychopath AI by feeding, feeding it violent content from Reddit. I'm doing the I'm, do, I'm doing that white dude blank blank meme right now. 
because I saw this story and I was like, first of all, I don't got nothing better to do with MIT than this shit. Listen, just take the Reddit users that wrote all of that shit and, and you can just use them. Why why AI need to tell you about this I, shit? I, I basically said, I said it in my notes. I, they basically made uh, Reddit, Reddit sentient. Just, I guess. This, this comes from Newsweek, which explains that scientists exclusively fed Norman... Uh, I guess I guess this is a uh, a uh, an, an algorithm named Norman. Uh, violent and gruesome content from an unnamed Reddit page before showing it a series of Rorschach um, inkblot tests. While a standard AI would interpret the images, for example, a black and white photo as a, of a baseball glove, Norman sees a man is murdered by a machine gun in broad daylight. That is sound extremes. Norman's responses get so 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 much worse. Seriously, it may just be an algorithm, but if they dump this thing into one of those awful Boston Dynamic dog bodies, we would only have a matter of minutes before kill boss and murderoids started trampling on our skulls. Um, I want to bring this in there because, again, but when you guys hear this, uh, hopefully by that time, the Jurassic Park um, uh, uh, nostalgia review will be up. And it, it reminds... I love that movie so much, and the reason why I love it more than every other Star- Jurassic Park movie they put out is... The conversation they had at the dinner table when Hammond is trying to get the buy-in for his his idea. Like he has this big idea for this park with dinosaurs. It's gonna be good, spare no expense. You know, we're gonna have the kids. It's gonna be great, right? And Ian Malcolm's like, "Oh, it's so much for it's so much worse than I thought." You 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 really went out there, and you know, everybody knows that 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 line he says. You know, oh, they were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop think they should. But and I read this on the the the, the podcast. It was. The line he says before, the stuff he says before that, he's like, I'll tell you what the problem with scientific power you're using here is. It didn't require any discipline to attain it. You read what others had done. You took the next step. You didn't earn knowledge for yourself. So you don't take any responsibility for it. You turned the shoulders of geniuses to accomplish something as fast as you could. Before you even knew what you had, you patented it, packaged it, and slapped it in a lunchbox. That is literally what's happening with AI right now. I'm all AI. I'm all about learning robots and things like that. My problem is at no point or any of the, do I'm seeing anything from these scientists where they have a, a a moment when they stop and go, should we do this? And we're living in an age of deregulation on top of that too. So there isn't even where you would hope, oh, maybe the government would step in like with cloning or something like that. It's not going to happen. Not anytime soon. And I just feel like, do y'all, you you know, you, the segment, do you even sci-fi? Have you watched any sci-fi movies? I just want to know. Are you just trying to make them be true? Because that's what it feels like to me. It's like, let's figure out how we can for sure make sure Skynet happens. I really like those movies. Right. And I guess it's like you guys are literally creating Skynet. And you know, this is not good. You know, this cannot be. A, a, a good thing and you guys are laughing about it because it's a joke and you guys are just caring about like I'm all about technology I'm not one of those guys that's like oh no we need to get rid of computers we need to get rid of the technology advance I'm like no but we do at the same time we need to make sure our understanding and our our laws our interaction because here's the thing if you're going to create like it's one thing if you started doing some of these things and I know they were under Obama we were like okay we're starting to feel some kind of growth to empathy and and understanding others and coming together, we live in an age of Trump now, where it's the complete opposite. So now you have me, what happens when you have a government that wants to create, because we're running out of manpower on the border, and we need more border patrol agents, 
Well, now we can just use AI robots. Mm-hmm. And now you haven't thought about because here's the thing: we haven't we we you 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 feed an AI robot you know violent content from a Reddit thread, and you're shocked that it it affected its behavior in the way it it, it did things. How do you think that's happening to, let's say, minorities who are literally living under constant attack? You haven't even taken that leap, because to me, to to you, you see it as something totally different. It's why anytime there's a robot apocalypse movie, if you're a person of color, you probably side a little bit with the robots a little bit, because you're like, oh yeah, we get it. But everybody who makes them didn't because they're white. Hello, and they never. Th- Stop to think that maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe maybe we should rethink this a little bit. Never did. Perhaps. Perhaps. Just all bad. just the thought. And I, again, I just go back to my other point before. It's like I'm all for technology and all this stuff when it materially benefits people. I'm still waiting for where this application is going to be useful. Somewhere. Yeah. What are, what are you using it for? What are you using this for? You're, but again, like Ian Malcolm said. You're you're doing it just so you can patent it and sell it, with no indicate you have no, you have no no more you take no more responsibility for what you did. Like I said, like I I again rewatched uh, Jurassic Park on Friday, and I was just struck by how relevant that entire everything that Ian Malcolm said in that conversation. I was like, oh no, this is this is this is reality. This is what we're living with right now. And we also realized that also um, is a meta commentary because they literally didn't did exactly what Ian Malcolm did not want them to do by taking and even Michael Crichton himself by taking Jurassic Park and turning it into a franchise of movies that become whatever. Make sure you guys listen when that gets up. Make sure you guys listen to that because it's we break it down even further. It's it's fucking ridiculous. But anyway, Leslie, thank you very much for for joining me today on today's show. We uh, I think we feel like this is like therapy. <laughs> I always love coming on your show, Chris. I'm, I literally, I had hit you up. I don't even know. It was like end of last month. I was like, uh, it feels like time. Yeah, like it's yeah, time yeah. for me to come back and just chat with you for a little bit. The, the regulars on the, on, on the insane check do that. That's really what happens. It's like, Hey, you know, it's been a time. It's been a while since we've been on the insane check. Cause that time's like, yeah, you're right. Let's schedule it. Let's go and do it. So, um, um, I know you have a Patreon right now. Can you tell people a little bit about that and how they can get to it? Sure, folks can go to patreon.com backslash Leslie Mac Lifestyle, and it's just a way to get some additional access to me. I'm going to be writing some pieces, doing some videos. Uh, there's some rewards. You can get some t-shirts and things like that as well. Um, and just I'm going to be writing some content about faith, about social justice, about some of the things we talked about on the show today, and, you know, really talking some more about where people's energies need to be refocused and and some outlets for for doing that, for sure. There you guys have it. Um... Again, you know, this is Insanity Check. Make sure you subscribe to Insanity Check. Uh, and just stay tuned. We're, we're ramping up for San Diego Comic-Con, so there's going to be a lot of content coming out. We're, um, we're working on some things right now to... Um, I, I, I'm going to give us a quick plug. They're not paying me for this, but uh, I finally switched over to a Trello board, and it is fucking amazing. I, Are you Trello? I, can't, I don't understand how I lived before without that. So. I'm not we've been using this other one i won't even mention their name because they're an israeli owned company and we hmm. actually have to switch and so ah. i've been looking for maybe i'll check out have the team check out trello yeah it's um and the cool thing about it is uh just a quick plug them uh i'm getting so you can you have they have a free free tier um i i i'm using they have a little gold tier that's like i think 45 dollars a year but i got an extra month because i have people on my team 
using it. So I get an extra month for each person that uses it. So I got like six, seven people on my team who are using it. So that's six. I got six free months of using the gold tier. So, um, yeah, it's been, um, I've, I've been enjoying it and what I can do with it. So, uh, definitely check it out. So, uh, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. And, uh, thank you guys very much until next time we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>